0: Well, first off, Liz is the eternal optimist. I mean, she sees, she sees the silver lining on, on, the, on the darkest clouds. So, you know, she is just such an outgoing person where the communication with other people just flows naturally.
1: Yeah, thanks, Ed. That's You're so welcome. sweet. <laughs> so strategies for growing a loyal audience, I would say always show up, be consistent. You know, I email My people, every Sunday night, one time I forgot when I was in San Diego visiting my sister, and I had almost 20 people email me asking me if I was okay. Um, (laughs) And that's because I'm just, I just show up for them. I answer every single email I get. I mean, some people will, I'll be emailing them all week long from one newsletter, and then I'll send the next, and we'll just continue the conversation with them there.
2: Hey, this is Heath Padgett and welcome to the RV Entrepreneur podcast. This is episode 164. Wow, I've done a lot of podcast episodes. Thank you guys for listening. Let's go. The RV Entrepreneur is a weekly podcast for people who live in RVs, but not just those people too, also people who want to spend their days doing things they love. Specifically, we talk about running a business and I interview a lot of people who run location independent businesses or started traveling full time in RV and occasionally sometimes guests who are just really smart entrepreneurs and uh, kind of can help push you to think beyond what you're currently doing. And this intro is getting really long for this episode. So let's get into today's show, which is with my good friends, Liz and Ed Wilcox. I first met Liz before Ed, which was at our RV Entrepreneur Summit a few years ago. And one of the things I first noticed about Liz is that she's somebody that if you ever attend an event with her or if you're in any kind of online community with her, you know who she is and she stands out and she almost makes you notice her. And that's something that I think is really important if you are a content creator, if you're a business owner, entrepreneur, uh, we all want to be able to get our products out there and get noticed. And so in today's episode, Liz and Ed shared their story of transitioning into life on the road. Ed, how he became a RV tech mechanic. We talk a little bit about what he's been doing uh, as they've been traveling around the country in their RV and different ways they've been able to monetize their lifestyle through Liz's blog and a lot of different other areas. But my favorite part of the episode was just kind of getting insights from Liz on how she approaches situations when she's going to be around a lot of people. And she kind of looks on the horizon and says, I want to meet that person. I want them to remember me. I want them to notice me. And those are the kind of the things that whenever I've left a conversation or hanging out with Liz or something like that, those are things that I always find myself thinking about. So we cover a lot in this episode, but I think you guys are really going to enjoy it. And if you're in our Facebook group, uh, The RV Entrepreneur, you probably already know Liz because she pretty much runs the group and she's in there every single day. And so just a big shout out to her. I'm super grateful to have both her and Ed on this show. Let's get into today's episode with Ed and Liz. Ed and Liz, thanks for being on the podcast, guys. Thanks for
1: having us. I am so excited. This is something I have been manifesting for about two two and a half years now
2: <laughs> well I think at some point if I didn't already mention it in the intro you've been helping us manage our Facebook group for a long time and I think at some point somebody reached out to you or like I loved your episode on the podcast so it's like I guess some people already think that you've been on the podcast
1: yeah yeah someone said oh I found you through the RV entrepreneur podcast I was like dang I'm so good I don't even have to be on it I <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> I think I've been mentioned before, but
2: oh, okay, uh, maybe, maybe that's. I what. haven't
1: been on the podcast, so I was like, "Yeah, thanks, thanks." That was a great episode, wasn't it? <laughs> <laughs> no, I corrected them.
2: <laughs> I love it. So, I mean, we met a couple years ago at the first RV Entrepreneur Summit, and I think your story is really cool because you went from for a while you were creating content, you were blogging, and you guys were basically trying to figure out how can we go from being stationary in our RV I guess you kind of took baby steps into being able to travel and go different places and so and that's where I think a lot of people are I I, we just got back from the escapers event and I met a couple who they're based in California and they're stationary in their RV so it's kind of like the big goal for them was to go hit the road but first they downsized and they kept their jobs they're stationary and they're like I'm trying to figure out how I can go from being stationary in my RV to to getting out and travel. So I guess maybe let's start at the beginning for you guys. Like when did the whole RV equation come into the picture and what was the vision for that? Like how that life was going to look for you guys?
1: Yeah, that's a great question. And actually uh, you and Alyssa have a lot to do with that. So we were buying a house in Alabama. We lived in New York And, um, the deal fell through on the house and we said, what are we going to do? We just spent all this time and effort downsizing our debt. And do we really want to buy a bigger house with, for more money or whatever? And Ed joked, everyone in Alabama lives in a camper. And on the outside, I said, I'm not doing that. And on the inside, I said, well, maybe I could do that. And so I rented a camper off Airbnb for the night, um, just me and Chelsea and, uh, I turned on the TV, I kid you not, after a long drive (laughs) to the trailer. And there was your face, Heath and Alyssa, and you guys were on that Going RV show or whatever it's called. And I said, Oh, man, what do they do for a living? I could do that. (laughs) And um, I called Ed that night. And I said, You know, I think I could live in a camper. And he said, Oh, you're joking. And I said, no, this one is like 30 years old. I'm sure the newer ones are even better. And less than two weeks later, we we bought a fifth wheel and had the dealer deliver it to a campground.
2: Oh, wow. I love it. So what were you guys doing for for work during that time?
0: I was in the army as an air traffic controller and and Liz was just a stay-at-home mom at that point.
2: Gotcha. And so was the idea that you guys were just gonna move into an RV and be stationary and that was it. Like you just didn't want to pile on debt, right? So that was it was not necessarily as much about like going out on the open road, it was more just about along the lines of we don't want to buy this big house that we don't need.
1: Right, it was, um, we had found a great deal on a house and that fell through and I hate cleaning and <laughs> I hate spending money. So I was like, you know what, that sounds like a really good deal. Um, so we bought it for $15,000 off the side of the road. And we said, you know, that's a price point that we can afford where if we hate it and we want to buy a house, we can afford both the house payment and the trailer payment. And then um, Ed was planning on getting out of the army anyway. So I just started Googling, you know, and then I saw, oh, hey, there's that Heath guy I saw on TV and I saw your podcast and some other things. And, you know, of course, a million other bloggers. Right. And um, I found your opt in the you know, travel on 2k a month. And I said, Hey, this is, this is great. When you get out of the military, we can save up and we can travel for a year or something. And I, I took notes from that opt in and everything. And then I found a couple other, you know, like less junk, more journey, things like that. And I said, wait, people move these things like around (laughs) and live in them. Like our house has wheels. dude. Do you realize the magnitude of awesomeness this could be? (laughs) And, um, finally, you know, after a couple of weeks of kind of talking about it, forcing him to, you know, read blogs and watch YouTube, we were like, oh, yeah, let's do this.
2: <laughs> so, Ed, were you bought in on this whole like let's travel around? Or were you just on the you didn't want to clean a big house, too, but you didn't necessarily want to go travel around full time in an RV?
0: Well, I, I said let's buy an RV, but I didn't think Liz was actually going to go for it. <laughs> so, I mean, the price point was right. But uh, it it did take me a little bit more persuasion once we actually made the decision.
2: Yeah. I think that's something a lot of people kind of go through when they're making this big life change because, I mean, you're obviously partners and where you're going to live and how you're going to live in a space is a big deal. And I think a lot of people, like we've had people that have, that have sent us emails and been like, Hey, I'm trying to convince my spouse. Like, how should I do that? I'm like, I don't know. Like, I don't know your life. So like, what is did, how, how did that, <laughs> like, what was that process like for you guys when you look back on it? Like, were y'all butting heads and like, Liz is, like, spamming you with, like, text links of, like, <laughs> RV bloggers and stuff, Ed, and you're like, okay.
0: Well, I mean, we were kind of on a short time schedule. Once we got to Alabama, we really needed to find something quick. So, I mean, it was really sink or swim. We had to pretty much go out and find something and move into it because... I think he means to travel. Oh, to travel. Yeah. Um, Well, after being in it for a while, it you know, first we said, we'll travel for six months. Then we said, oh, okay, well, you know, this is all right. We can travel for a year. And then it kind of turned into, well, why don't we just travel indefinitely?
1: Right. And, um, I think from my perspective, I felt the more that I pushed it, the more he resisted. So I finally just stopped talking about it and just kept plugging away at my blog, you know, momhood, whatever else I had going on. And, you know, we were already living in the RV, so it was already, you know, part of our lives. And I was tapped really hard into the community, you know, your Facebook group, other groups, my email list, and um, so of course it was part of my life. And um, so it just, you know, the less I pushed, the more receptive he was.
2: No, that makes sense. And when you came to our summit a couple of years ago, I loved your interactions there because, like, the, my first memory of of Liz. And was like, was like her posting all these, first of all, we've never hosted an event before. Right. So like it's already all new and everything. And then we had every, everyone like joins a Facebook group and they come to the summit and like the first some of the first posts of people getting there was like this girl who had went around the campground and like took selfies in front of like (laughs) every single rv and like tagged people in it like hey good morning like i'm outside your rv and it was just funny but you did a really good like obviously you made a lot of amazing friendships and relationships there and you guys have been supporting each other so i guess during this phase you came to our, our, our the first summit and was the hope that you wanted to find something that you could work on fully remote so you could continue traveling? And did you already know what that thing was?
1: Yeah. So by the time I got to your summit, I was three months into my website. I went to the summit and my like my goal um, was basically to find a mentor or to find a community that would believe in what I was doing and believe that it was possible because I believed it was possible. But everyone in my life was saying, you're crazy, you know. And so I just needed that community, even, you know, just one person to say, yeah, Liz, I really like what you're doing. And so that's so funny that you mentioned the, um, the selfies because I thought I woke up that morning to go for a run. And I said to myself, like, I need these people to remember me because I was also leaving a day early and so i was like i need someone to just remember me because there's so many bloggers out there there's so many people whatever i've got to do something remarkable and that's that was my idea to take pictures <laughs> in front of people's rvs and tag them and it it's so funny you know that was almost that was over 2 years ago pretty much so you remembered so that my plan <laughs> is working <laughs> yeah master
2: plan so when you when you talked to people and told them what you wanted to do what was it? Like, what was the thing that you were kind of explaining to to people around you that they didn't get or didn't support?
1: Um, just, you know, living in an RV, they didn't mind that in my family, you know, I've always been kind of stand out, do my own thing. Um, I married Ed within nine months of meeting him. So I think after that, you know, nothing was crazier, right? <laughs> so living in the RV wasn't crazy, but the fact that I wanted to travel and, um, stop pursuing my goal of getting a PhD, like, that was insane.
2: Mm. And I I didn't know that you were, um, so you were in school getting your PhD?
1: Um, No, I had just gotten my master's in educational leadership, and then I was going to take a couple years off to hang out with Chelsea, and then uh, start applying for PhD programs.
2: Oh, awesome I did not know that that's this is why I pod-
1: trades yeah
2: <laughs> this is why podcasting is fun because we we could dig into this kind of stuff so I think like fast forwarding a little bit in you alls story you came to the summit you started your blog was what was it called at the time that you started it and what was the idea that you wanted to build a business from your blog
1: well I didn't really have an idea I just knew that you know I saw you and other website owners, you know, making money. So I figured, Hey, I could do that too. Um, so it started out as just my name, Liz Wilcox.com. I remember you and Alyssa had a podcast episode about arguing when you were combining <laughs> your, um, blog names, <laughs> When you were yeah. combining your blog names and how you just went with your names. And so I said, okay, that's what I'm going to do. And, um, Yeah, I went to the summit and I just was saying, you know, this is my blog. I just want to share my journey. You know, I know that I know that I need something else. And so I was just trying to find out what that something else was. And I talked to David Blackman, who I think has been on the podcast as well. And he said, Liz, you're the something else. Like you've obviously got something else other people don't have. Just go with that. And so I just, you know, I just kept plugging along and found the people that believed in me. And here I am talking to you now, I guess.
2: <laughs> I love it. So you, you had responded to an email from, I guess, one of the most recent episodes with Bark and Alouette, just talking about how in the beginning stages, you and Ed kind of made a semi-intentional decision to not work together, which, you know, there's some couples who travel, live in an RV and everything, they work together and some don't, whatever, everyone's got their own kind of path. For you guys, like, why did you, did, was that an intentional conversation when y'all sat down at the beginning of this journey as you're getting started and decided to not work together or did it just kind of happen organically?
0: Well, Liz and I are much, we're very different people. She's a lot more outgoing than I am and I'm a little bit more reserved. So she likes to be a little bit more in the spotlight and I'm kind of just off to the side. So it was just, it was more, You know, this is your thing, and I have my thing, and you know, because I was still in the military at the time, so you know, I was focusing a little bit more on on my career, and with Liz working on on the website, you know, it was just her baby.
1: Yeah, I remember we talked about starting a blog together because that's what I saw everyone doing, right? Heathandalissa dot com, you know, things like that. And I said, okay, well, this weekend we're going to do it or whatever, and I kept trying to come up with a name. Right. Like, what are we going to call ourselves? And he just didn't seem very into it. And so I said, I'm just the type of person that I'm just going to go if I have an idea. If I wait too long, it's not going to happen. So I just bought Liz Wilcox dot com and said, sorry, bro. <laughs>
2: <laughs> yeah, it wasn't Liz and Ed. I mean, you probably avoided some good fighting in that conversation because Alyssa and I definitely uh, did that as we shared in that podcast episode. Um, I, I kind of take a quick break from your story and kind of sidetrack because sure. Liz, you're like the most engaged person in the RV entrepreneur Facebook group. And I asked people to make some, <laughs> like just ask some questions and something that I think, you know, I've, I've kind of looked at is I don't mean this to come off in like a negative light, but it's like, I feel like a lot of what you've been doing is kind of like throwing wet spaghetti noodles at the wall and seeing what sticks. Like you host the full-time Freedom Week. You've written a ebook, Tales from the Black Tank. You've got, you know, virtual campground. You've got all these different things that you've kind of thrown out there to see what sticks. And um, Nick True from the Facebook group asked, how do you make a decision about pivoting, when to pivot and why? I.e. Liz changing up her income sources and pursuits multiple times to test different ideas.
1: Um, I think it's just kind of what I just said. If I have an idea, I just do it. I don't wait around to think, is this a good idea? Like the people will tell me, right? So yeah, if I have an idea, I just go for it. Like I also did. And if you look in the archives of your Facebook group, I also hosted a race one time just to see if I could do it. Um, It was a 50 K went off rather well, I think. But yeah, so I started the website and I knew everyone was saying, oh, the quickest way to monetize your blog is to create your own product. So I said, well, I don't have time to create my own product. So I got all my friends, including Alyssa, to help me write a book. And so I launched that. And then um, I had an idea to do RV tours online, kind of like what you guys do on the summit. So I created something called RV Renovations Week. And I just kind of – I just – the same thing. I just asked my friends – to come on live with me on this Facebook group and do it. And then that went okay. And a couple weeks later, I asked some other friends, Hey, I've got this idea. Let's do full time freedom week. So we did that. And it just kind of goes from there. It's not everything that I do, I think is related. So it's not necessarily I don't feel like I'm pivoting. I just love doing stuff. I just love bringing people value and having like, I love having fun. I don't do anything that isn't fun. And all those things have been like a freaking blast.
0: And it seems like with Liz, it's every time she has the next thing coming up that she gets more excited. You know, (laughs) she, she, she just, the fire just lights up. And, you know, if she doesn't have the next thing planned out, you know, she kind of hits a little bit of a lull. And then when she makes the decision to do something else, she starts peaking again. You know, it's every time, there's the next goal, the next, um,
1: well,
0: yeah. You know, and I think, I mean,
1: this is, you know, this is an entrepreneur podcast. So like, let's, you know, let's talk brass tacks. Of course it's, you know, also about money. Right. So I did tales from the black tank. I wanted to prove to myself that I could make money from this. And, um, now I tell people like if I can make money off a book with the word crap in the title, like whatever your idea is totally better. <laughs> um, <laughs> It's so true. Um, So then, you know, with full time Freedom Week, it was just an idea to have this bundle of products for the holidays. And I told my friends, I don't have time to create a bundle of products. Let's do it together. And so then it was, you know, to prove to my friends that, hey, you can do this, too. Like, if I can do it, oh, my gosh, you guys are so much smarter and cooler than me. You can totally do it, too. And um, so every time I've done something, it's just It's like to prove to myself and to prove to those other people out there that, you know, oh, I want to travel and make money at the same time. Like, you can totally do it. If I can do it, like, who am I? I'm just a lady in an RV that is giving it a go. Um, So to answer Nick's question about pivoting, it's like, I don't even think about it. I just do it. I'm just trying to prove that I can do it, that I can go to the next level and show everyone else you can do it too.
2: I love that. I mean, there's, there's a lot of people who, like, they, if, we're, say we're talking about a blog and, I wouldn't like tune out if you don't want to start a blog because I think it's super relevant whether it's a company, (laughs) it's a YouTube channel, podcast or anything like the idea of getting traction basically in something is it's like there's a there's always kind of the trudge through I forget what I've heard people call it. It's like the trudge of darkness or I don't know, like the trough of sorrow, I think is what it's called for a lot of like startups and things like that. Like there's this phase where they're trying to find product market fit and get their thing out there into the world. And that's where a lot of people fall off and quit because it's really hard because you're you're spending like crazy amounts of time working on something and maybe the world's not responding yet, but you're, the effort is, is there. And so from, from the start, and I want to give people some extra context too. So your blog um, is really centered around RVing and community and RVs in general, right? Like virtual campground and everything you've created has been very much um, super, super, super narrow and niche and focused on the RV community, helping people travel, sharing funny stories, that sometimes have crap in the title and stuff so give that's just some extra context for people when we talk about your book so for you from the time you started LizWilcox.com and then transferred it over to the new title how long was it before you made your first income from your blog because i think that's something that's interesting to talk about just for people that are trying to get something going do you remember like what that timeline looked like
1: Oh, of course I remember. Down to the <laughs> date. Yeah, it was about seven months. I launched my book July 15th, 2017, about seven months after I started my website. Before that, I had not made a dime from the website. I had made a little bit of money um, doing some side projects that I found in your, in your Facebook group. And then I think a couple weeks before that, Alyssa asked me to help out with moderating it. Um, so it was about seven months and then it's just, like I said, I've been doing projects ever since and it's just, you know, grown from there.
2: Yeah, no. And I I like that you've kind of taken that model. I know you do some work with Jeff Goins and you've done other, like you've done a lot of other projects. And I think that's something that a lot of people also don't really take into consideration if they want to, they want to get traction and monetize like a content platform is that they expect that, that they're going to make their full-time income in, year or even a year and a half or two years and it's like i don't really know many content creators if any that weren't doing some type of client-based facing thing or some type of full-time job and then kind of treating their blog like still spending a crazy amount of hours but almost kind of treating it like a side hustle because there's you know it takes time to get to that point
1: yeah well i mean i would almost disagree i never treated my blog like a side hustle it was my full-time job it still is but i you know i did when Alyssa asked me to moderate the group, you know, I wasn't surprised I was very active in that group. You know, I'm sure it was like a no brainer who to ask, right. But with uh, you mentioned Jeff Goins, um, I actually, (laughs) that was very strategic. You know, I, I knew that, you know, I did need a little extra money at the time when I got hired. And I thought to myself, you know, what can I do and what is going to propel me forward, but also make me money right this instant, right. And um I had met Jeff Goins at a conference about six months before. And the month before I had, um, I went to his workshop and I was hammering him. You know, I paid $2,000 to be there. I'm going to hammer him with all these questions. And I kept saying, you know, and then what do I do? And then what, I do, what do I do? <laughs> I know I'm going to grow. So I need to know these answers. And, you know, he was probably sweating a little bit because <laughs> everyone was looking at us. And um, I said, OK, Jeff, if all that doesn't work, will you hire me? And he he was like, yeah, maybe, I don't know Liz. And um, so I knew that I wanted a job with him or someone like him because he's doing what I want to be doing, right? One day I hope to be at that level, so why not get him to hire me so I can see everything behind the scenes? And um, I made it through all the interviews. There were four interviews. It was crazy hard to get that job. And um, he got on the phone with me and he said, Liz, why? You know, you don't need this job. Why are you? Why are you applying? And I said, well, I want to know everything that you know. And he laughed and hired me. <laughs> so I think, um, like, yeah, you know, of course, you have to do client work, you have to put yourself out there, maybe, you know, do some things for free at first, just, um, you know, to get your name out there, or whatever. But I think you should also be very strategic, you shouldn't do anything you don't like to do, that's going to drain, that's going to drain your energy, because if your main goal is to, you know, have this startup or have this blog or whatever it is, then you should try to do the things that are going to propel you forward instead of hold you back from your main goal.
2: I love that. And and something that you've done really well is you have been such a great community member and I know that like I can look at it specifically in our Facebook group and you know at the summit and things like that and kind of notice what that looks like and I know you've done that in other arenas too whether that's in Jeff circles or, or whatever and I just think that that's Something that most people don't really understand. And, and you probably do that naturally. You may not even know that you do that. And I know you're, you're like, you have the strategy and things like that, but you, like, as Ed said, you, you're, you're very outgoing and, and it kind of just works well. But it's like, you started a blog centric on RV world, this thing that you liked and you were fascinated with that, that, you know, um, when, when things first got going and everything and you made friends, you pursued like in-person relationships to, to kind of catalyst yourself in. And then you, you meet up with them in the mastermind group. You, you talk to them offline or online in the Facebook group. Like you're so intentional about building all these relationships. And as a result, it's like people love you. And I think that's something that's a lot of people don't really understand. Like they'll jump in a Facebook group or something like that and, and like just start blasting links or trying to promote themselves. And like you don't really do that. Like you, you've done such a good job of like, providing value and supporting other people and as a result they want to support you too and that shows and um and yeah just no question there I just want to say they've done a good job of that that's awesome
1: (laughs) yeah thanks I think um I was just talking to someone or I was just talking to Ed about this someone emailed me today asking to pick my brain and I've literally never spoken to this person and I'm like what don't they get like you've got to build a relationship first and then I'll give you all the information you want you know you got to Schmooge me, right? Um, But yeah, you definitely, I think the main difference I think about um, my website and other people's websites, especially beginning websites, and what I tried to do right from the get go like, of course, it was Wilcox.com. but there was nothing about me on there. Um, It was all about RVing, it was all about community. Right from the get go, I started a series called Inside the RV where I was interviewing other people if you go through my site, there's, you know, I mean, it's got a personal touch, but it's not Liz's blog, right? Like, it's a community. And um, I think that's just one of the things that, you know, of course, it's my natural strength, right? I love talking to people and getting to know people. But it's also, yeah, slightly intentional in that, you know, if you nurture the community, they're going to nurture you for sure.
2: Yeah, totally. Ed, going back to your side of the equation. So Liz is like, you you probably like kind of kicked yourself a little bit because you like introduced this whole RV thing. She, you didn't know she's going to like it. She ends up not only liking it, but she's like all in. (laughs) Oh yeah. Like starting the blog and everything. Uh, and so you transition out of service and at one point do you like now you're a mobile RV tech. I know you're, you're, you're still in school, um, on the GI bill doing some other things as well. So at what point did you decide to, uh, become a mobile RV tech, which I know is a total non sequitur from blogging, but I just think it's something that, you know, a lot of people are interested in, like being that's, they can make money in this RV industry and in this RV community. So,
0: so it all started with when we bought our RV, it had some issues and, uh, I just kind of Work through between YouTube and you know my own mechanical knowledge just to repair those things, and I thought, why would I pay somebody else to fix it when I have the knowledge to at least learn to fix it with you know a little bit of help? So I thought to myself, you know, why why couldn't I do this for work when I got out of the military? You know, it seems like it's a quite lucrative thing. I mean, the the general RV repair shop gets a hundred to one hundred and fifty dollars an hour, you know, for this work. So I started. I started searching and I found that there's only two schools in the country for RV repair, and they're both in Florida. And, uh, you know, we were pretty close to Florida, so I decided to get in contact with the schools and, you know, get a little bit more information. And, uh, you know, it was was almost a no-brainer for me. I could not only repair my own and not have to pay somebody else, but I could fix other people's stuff and they would pay me.
1: A hundred dollars an hour.
0: A hundred dollars an hour. I mean, you you make pretty good money fixing RVs, especially if you're doing it on your own.
2: I love that. So what school, what was the name of the school you went to?
0: The name of the school is RVSA. It's the Recreational Service, Recreational Vehicle Service Academy. It's in Palmetto, Florida. In case
1: you didn't know what (laughs) RV stood for. (laughs) Right.
0: But I mean, it's a, it's a fantastic school and it was only 10 weeks long. So I used my GI Bill. And, you know, I went through the class and I learned a ton. The curriculum is great. And, you know, I met a lot of good people that I can bounce ideas off of. And, you know, it was it was just a big confidence boost for me.
2: I love it. So was the school is 10 weeks long? Is it five is like eight hours a day for 10 weeks, five days a week kind of thing? Or what does that look like?
0: Yep. Just, you know, eight hours a day, five days a week, you know, just like a normal nine to five job. And, um, you know, just in and out.
2: Yeah. And do you know the price of it? If you like didn't have, you know, the GI Bill helping out, like just if other people are interested,
0: the school is only $6,000. Gotcha. You could make that money back in 600 hours of work.
1: No, sixty, 60
0: hours, 60 work, hours of sorry. work. I'm gotcha. sorry. Me and Math don't get <laughs> Yeah, go like weird. one
1: week like one or two weeks right. if I you mean, found the right campground, you can make that money back. It's definitely worth the investment. It's we would have paid the, cash for it.
0: It's worth the investment, even if you own your own RV and you know, you know there's gonna be some sort of maintenance that has to be done, because then you just don't have to pay somebody else. I mean, I'm sure you yourself, you know how quickly you could spend six thousand dollars on R V maintenance.
2: Yeah, absolutely. So w- after you went through the school, what has been the pro- some of the process for like going out and getting clients? I guess you, you know, basically just start have to figure out how to market yourself. But have you went to like service shops? Have you done that on your own? Like, what has that process been like?
0: So I'm kind of a lazy business owner. Um, I, when we get to a park, I give them cards at the front desk. That's it.
1: And we have a sign.
0: It is sign. You know, we've got like a yard sign. But the only thing I've ever done is when we get to a park, I leave business cards at the front desk and people within the park call me and ask me to come over and fix their stuff. And that's worked. And that has supported our family for the past like year and a half.
1: It's pretty simple business method. But I will add that I think if, you know, if you're a couple and you're thinking of doing this or I guess on your own, one of you needs to be outgoing. And so I love going to campgrounds that have activities. I go to every single activity. It doesn't matter if I'm the only one there. Um, if they schedule it, you know, I want to go. So I will say we've gotten a lot of work um, just for me saying, oh, yeah, my husband's an RV mechanic, especially I don't I don't work on my site. I try not to work on my site in the RV, you know, cause I have a four year old. And so I always go to the community center or something. So I always talk to people. People are always asking me what I'm doing. And I always say, Oh yeah, my husband's an RV mechanic, blah, blah, you know, you've got to drop it. Right. And people, <laughs> you know, most times people's eyes will light up. Oh my gosh, I've got this issue with my door or, you know, my generator, whatever. So I think, you know, whether you're doing it yourself or as a couple one of you has got to, you know, at least get the ball rolling, I guess.
2: And have you figured out that you guys need to stay at the park for like a week or two to kind of like meet some people for that to happen? It sounds like
0: there are times where as soon as we pull into a park, I'll stick my sign in the ground. Someone will drive by and ask me to fix something on their coach. I mean, it's it's been anywhere from an hour after we get to a park. I mean, there's been a couple times where we were trying to leave a park and And, you know, I just keep having people walk by and say, hey, can you help me with this when you're done with this one? And I'm like, I got to get out of here, you know, checkouts in 25 minutes and we're trying to leave.
1: Yeah, but I mean, it is it is true that sometimes, you know, it can be dry. You pull up into a park, you think it's going to be packed. Nobody's there. But, you know, with my site, you know, some veteran money he gets, you know, it's not as big of a deal. So. Yeah, you definitely have to plan, you know, you have follow the seasons like everyone else. But yeah, you might wait a couple days sometimes.
2: Gotcha. So it sounds like it sounds like part of your marketing strategy is to marry an outgoing woman, uh, which sounds like (laughs) it's been pretty, pretty effective for you. How, how'd you go about setting your, your rate? Like, do you have a set rate uh, that you just said, Hey, this is what my time's worth right now. And so when somebody asks, can you help them? You just say, Hey, you know, just so you know this, what my rate is. Cause it's a, it's a little different than like going into a local RV service shop where the rates are on the wall and things like that. Like it might feel kind of weird, I guess. How did you, how did you kind of get through that?
0: So what, what my main focus was, is being cheaper than everybody else. And the general RV shop is more than $100 an hour. So not only are they saving money by calling me, they're also getting service at their door. They don't have to bring their coach somewhere else. And also, while I was in the school, they kind of gave us a little bit of a guideline of how much you should charge for, you know, per hour, how much you should charge for a service call. And how I kind of negotiate. I don't always charge for all of the hours, but I will at least, you know, make the effort to, you know, to, to make the money that I need to, but I, I do my best to help people out as much as possible. If I, you know, if I'm working on somebody's coach and, and they're visual, visually struggling, then I, I do not charge them as much. You know, I, I gotta, I gotta be able to look at myself in the mirror at the end of the day. You know, I'm not trying to rip people off.
2: No, totally. I, I Yeah, that makes sense. Well, that's that's cool because that's an option. I mean, you know, as we were saying earlier, it's kind of like throwing a bunch of things at the wall and, and seeing what sticks like that could be a very viable revenue source if you're wanting to go out and travel and, um, you know, attract clients and, and work with them from different places. So uh, I want to kind of I know I'm bouncing around a bit more than I normally do in an interview, but I had some more questions from people from the Facebook group if that's cool.
0: Sure.
1: Love it.
2: All right. So this one is from Lindsay McKinsey, a follow your detour. And hey, we uh, know her. Yeah. Yeah. So uh <laughs> she said, What I love about Liz is her ability to never give up, stay consistent, and fight for her dreams no matter what is going on around her. She stays true to herself through it all. Um, but she's clearly built a huge following of a huge audience of loyal followers, and I always love hearing her strategies for that, and I'm sure others would as well. So not a specific question, but I guess hearing some of the ways that you have went about building an audience of people who are super loyal to you. We've talked about that a little bit, but do you have anything else that you'd want to like add in on top of that, that you think's been effective strategy for you on, you know, getting people to follow your blog, buy your book, come to your online events?
0: Well, first off, Liz is the eternal optimist. (laughs) I mean, she sees, she sees the silver lining on, on the, on the darkest clouds. So, you know, she She is just such an outgoing person where the communication with other people just flows naturally.
1: Yeah. Thanks, Ed. That's so sweet. (laughs) (laughs) So strategies for growing a loyal audience, I would say always show up, be consistent. You know, I email my people every Sunday night. One time I forgot when I was in San Diego visiting my sister and I had almost 20 people email me asking me if I was okay. (laughs) Um, and that's because I'm just, I just show up for them. I answer every single email I get. I mean, some people will, I'll be emailing them all week long from one newsletter and then I'll send the next and we'll just continue the conversation with them there. Um, be super helpful. If I don't know the answer, I know someone who does, or I think I know someone who does. I always send people to other things. I think I sent someone to your, uh, teachable account the other day, Heath, um, for a couple things. Um, Appreciate it. I sent something to Brianna's course the other day. Um, I get I think, emails
0: all the time from Liz, you know, someone will say, <laughs> oh, oh yeah, I know, I know your husband's an RV tech. Can you ask him what he thinks about this? And, I th- and so I get emails too.
1: Yeah. I think <laughs> just the biggest strategy I've had is just Show up and be excited about it. Um, I think a lot of bloggers out there, or YouTubers, or whatever, they, you know, they want to do it as an income stream, but it's really not their personality to be constantly talking to people. And so I guess that's an advantage that I have naturally. But also just doing different things, like Nick said, you know, I've done a few different things, and I think that helps me get in front of different audiences. I just did an audience evaluation a couple weeks ago on myself you know kind of actually looked at the numbers for the first time and I was so like excited at what I saw I was saw it was actually almost 50 50 between men and women and the age groups were there wasn't a vast majority like you know it was 18 to 24 year olds or 50 to 55 or whatever it is it was really split and I find um That just being, you know, trying to hear people's stories instead of tell my own is definitely a way of getting people attracted to you, I guess. I just love hearing other people's stories more than I love telling my own. So
2: I love that just sounds like you aren't selfish. And that's a that's a good trait to have to attract other people to you. If you if you don't mind sharing, like uh, Ed was talking about finding the silver lining and I'd just seen something that you had posted online <laughs> and I don't know if it was a hypothetical thing. So if it was okay like that or you don't want to talk about it, whatever. But I thought I saw something that you posted that just said like last year was one of the hardest years and you're just going to move yeah. on and everything's going to be good. Like, you know, just because sometimes if if there's enough distance in between whatever happened, you know, you can kind of look at that and people can learn. From that process, like, is that something that you would want to share if it relates to business or yeah, if not, sure. just tell. No, yeah, this
1: is it's a it's perfectly awesome to share. Yeah, so Ed and I started traveling about fourteen months ago, and not gonna lie, it was hell on wheels. Literally, it was so hard. Um, my business was also growing. Ed's business was starting out. He was learning how to be an entrepreneur, coming from a military background. We have a child that is growing rapidly. You know we had a terrible time traveling. (laughs) Um, I mean, we enjoyed, you know, seeing things, seeing people, finding the community. You know, day to day, though, it was very hard.
0: And the actual physical travel. I mean, there was definite difference in personality from, you know, from myself and from Liz and from Chelsea. On travel travel days were, you know, we we would dread travel days because they were just so stressful for everybody. And, you know, it was, it wasn't that silver lining that everybody sees. It wasn't, you know, all cupcakes and rainbows dancing with toothbrushes. Yeah.
1: It wasn't, it wasn't Instagram (laughs) worthy. Yeah. Every day, you know, I'm not saying I wasn't happy. I was happy. I was, you know, living this dream that I had, you know, worked so hard for, I was running a business that I absolutely loved. I was working, you know, for Jeff who I consider, you know, like a really good mentor and friend. I, have a kid that is freaking awesome. I have friends that are awesome. I have business partners that you know listen to my ideas and you know want to grow with me. I have a husband that loves me and you know gave up his military career. And so I think that's what Ed means by the silver lining is even though things are going awry, and this might actually drive him crazy. Like I'm still smiling. I'm still <laughs> laughing. He's shaking his head right now, guys. Um,
0: Scowling.
1: It's just I. I believe in myself and my family and what we're doing so much. Why can't I be happy? I've had terrible things happen in my life. Like, this is nothing. (laughs) Um, And um, this might get a little personal, but I grew up really humble beginnings. Um, My mom still lives in extreme poverty. Like, no joke. She lives on 8 Mile in Detroit. She struggles every day with her health and mental health. Um, my brother was killed by a drunk driver when he was 25. Like I'm 30. I have five years on him. How can I not be happy? I'm doing what I want. I don't do anything I don't want to do. I'm running my own business. I'm talking to Heath Paget right now via Skype.
0: Living in Tampa. I was just the going to
1: say that. I, I'm at the beach. I just went to the Tampa RV show with my friend Camille, and I got recognized three times just walking around. Like. <laughs> Like, that was crazy. How, even though, you know, things aren't perfect, we're stationary for a while, my RV's carpet is disgusting, my dishes aren't done, my kid doesn't listen to me, how can I not be happy?
2: I I appreciate that sentiment, and um, I thank you for, you know, diving and sharing all of that. I mean, it is interesting because it's like, it's all about seasons of life, and I feel like I've been saying that, like, every day, like a freaking broken record, but it's like, (laughs) you know, I felt some of these things. And again, I don't know the specifics of what was going on, but it's like this year when we were in Canada, um, and we found out Alyssa was pregnant and she's Throwing up every few minutes or hours or whatever. And I can't cook anything and the RVs moving. And we're <laughs> at a place in our business where I'm focusing all of my time and effort on building campground booking. We're getting customers right. and it's been my dream to build this thing. And then I'm picking up and moving today and I'm, and I'm feeling guilty because I'm not out doing this thing or whatever. And, um, like you said, at the end of the day, we are extremely fortunate to have these types of, of problems. But, um, I think it is also just a very realistic thing that. You have to put in a lot of hours to get anything moving in whatever, oh, whatever it is you're trying to get going. And you've got two moving like early stage, you know, I guess you could call them infant to toddler businesses. Same for me. Right. And, you know, you're those take love and attention and you have an actual four year old, too, on top of that. <laughs> and so it's like they're you know, and then to add the other moving part of picking up and moving all the time is um is is a, is a lot, you know. And so I think, you know that totally makes sense i think it would be crazy if that wasn't challenging um, so what do you, what do you guys take away from that like do you do you, do you slow down for a while and kind of focus on these other things that are are important to you about you know creating content and community like what is what does that look like have you have you guys had those conversations and kind of figured some of that out or still working on it
0: well as you mentioned earlier um i'm in another school right now so we will be stationary for the next I don't know, 14 months. So we're going to be, you know, here in Tampa, just, you know, we warriors. live that stationary life again. Yeah.
1: We're still in our <laughs> RV. We don't have any plans for that. We have plans to visit state parks around here and stuff like that. And I think what I realized in the last year was that I'm building this business and being an entrepreneur is a real dream come true for me. And I can travel, um, I guess this is what I said during the Full-Time Freedom Week event. You know, we call it full-time freedom not because you have to be a full-time RVer. It's because you crave that full-time freedom to do whatever you want, whenever you want. So for you, it might mean, you know, traveling all the time, 365. For others, that might mean six months in Florida, six months at home in Maine. For us, it might mean uh, not having to to go to work. (laughs) Yeah, it might mean, you know, Ed going to school and enjoying that time learning, because he really likes learning about working with his hands and me building my business and we travel on the weekends. And I think that's the beauty of uh, what you're doing with this podcast and what other people are doing. It's that full time freedom. It's not necessarily like full time RVing. I'm constantly moving to different campgrounds. That's not what it's about. And that's what I learned last year. It's about doing what you want when you want. And that's that's my dream.
2: I love it. Well, I think that is an awesome place to conclude this episode. I usually ask what success looks like for you, but I think you, you kind of just nailed it on the head. So I, I know you guys have a lot of different projects and places where people can connect with you, but also want to give a special shout out to your new YouTube channel that you're working on. Where can people oh, find well,
1: that? Thanks. Uh Yeah. So it's a, uh just on youtube the virtual campground there's actually two of them the one with more subscribers subscribe to that one (laughs) i could not figure out how to log into my old youtube but yeah i just started a show um it's like i call it like late night rv it's called tvc live the virtual campground tvc Um, my subscribers actually named it and they've come up with most of the segments for the show um and it's like late night. We play games. I played actors in movies last night with Luann Street. Um, I played kind of like a Would You Rather game with Pete and Jordan. They've been on the podcast, too. Um, that'll be premiering next week. Um, yeah, so it's more than just, you know, a talking a head show. It's just a really fun um, late night show for RVers, people that love RVing.
2: I love it. Well, thank you guys so much for coming on to the podcast. And appreciate you guys sharing Y'all's journey.
0: Oh, you're yeah, welcome. Yeah, thanks, Heath. Thanks for having us.
2: Hey, guys. Thank you so much for tuning to that episode with Ed and Liz. If you want to check out the show notes for this episode, head on over to HeathandAlyssa.com and click on podcast. I need to find something else other than go leave a review here at the end of the show. So I'm going to come up with something to say right here that's new and creative. I got nothing. It's 10 o'clock. I've been out for like 36 hours working on campground booking stuff. And I'll give, you, I'll just, that's what I'm going to do. I'm going to give you guys a quick little update on how campground booking is going. We spent the last few months traveling across Canada before we found out Alyssa was pregnant. We've onboarded like, I don't know, a lot of parks who are now using our property management system. So growing a SaaS business. If you guys are interested in kind of what the past couple of years have looked like now that we're actually making money, uh, and if you want me to do another episode on campground booking, just what it's been like trying to get a software business off the ground, then uh, shoot me a tweet or Instagram message or your preferred method of communication, just not through Facebook Messenger because just I won't read those. So thank you guys so much for listening to this podcast. Seriously, you guys are amazing I love all of you. Hope you have an amazing, amazing day or night or twilight or whatever time it is, wherever you are. I'm going to go. Been up for a long time. See you guys next time on the RV Entrepreneur Podcast.